0: Good morning, and welcome to episode 30 of Potty on the Potty, a podcast about navigating young adulthood with a focus on the mind-body connection. I'm your host, Sam, and I'm a licensed mental health therapist in Connecticut. And I'm very, I don't know, I'm very happy we made it to 30 episodes um, today should be a good one. I've been excited to record it. I feel like I have some pretty good ideas um, to share with you. And I guess a little housekeeping. Um not really sure when I'll do my next episode. I feel like there's been a decent amount of content created so far. And um, who knows? Maybe... It is in the cards for me to continue doing regular episodes um, or maybe I'll switch to kind of whenever an idea strikes me, I sit down and start talking. So just as a heads up and today we're going to be talking about social anxiety, specifically um, understanding your social anxiety or shyness or maybe introversion, things like that, and learning how to manage it. So, (laughs) as usual, I'm going to start out by validating what's going on. Um, You know, hint, hint, there's a reason why so many of us identify as being shy or awkward or socially anxious. Uh, And be sure to stick around till the end where I'll share five techniques to help calm social anxiety when it does arise. If you're new here, my name is Sam. I publish an episode every other week on striving for physical and mental well-being. So if you're into any of that, consider following this podcast. All right, so just to kind of set a picture, when it comes to quote-unquote social anxiety, there's definitely a spectrum. You know, even within um, kind of like diagnoses um I personally believe that there's always a spectrum um so yeah so i I told you I was gonna kind of validate what's going on, why you might be dealing with uh anxiety around social situations. Um, maybe it comes up for you in the middle of a conversation, or a lot of people talk about how leading up to specific types of social settings, they start to feel anxious, or maybe it sets in after you've already had a conversation or an interaction with someone and you find yourself doing that, oh gosh, I shouldn't have said that, or I really did not feel prepared for that. Um, And just to kind of normalize what's going on, I feel like That comes up for many people in their lives. Um, But again, it's a spectrum. So there are people that deal with high, high levels of social anxiety um, where maybe they're feeling the anxiety before the situation, during, and after. And if you identify with that, chances are you have some sort of relational trauma. So that's going to be really helpful to... Um, understand and sort of process with maybe a therapist or your loved ones. Um, A really kind of clear example is people that have been through bullying. So obviously, whether it was from a young age or, you know, if you're an adult and you are being bullied, there was someone in your life or multiple people in your life that were telling you that you were wrong or bad Um, And so because that trauma happened in a social situation, it is now hard for you to think of social situations as safe because obviously those were unsafe experiences. And I'm just going to give that example, but um, there are definitely plenty of other examples of relational trauma, whether it's like, you know, domestic abuse, um, family abuse, um, <clears throat> you know, just really, you know, I don't like love using the word toxic, but just like really not great relationships, um, friendships you've been in, things like that. Um, So like I said, it, it might be helpful to kind of identify what those things are and kind of process them through. And I always talk about society, right? But I personally believe that at any at any end of the spectrum, stage of the spectrum, um you know, there's a societal pressure to socialize a certain way. Um obviously depending on one's culture or community that they grow up in or live in, um there are expectations and that is it is what it is, right? But at the same time, it's important to recognize that um if we don't feel like we fit those norms and those expectations, that can affect us mentally, make us question ourselves. And so that's why I just phrase it as societal pressure. So let's do a quick exercise. I um yeah, I I just kind of wrote out a list of Of things, but let's get started. (laughs) What does it mean to have good social skills? So I'll give you a moment to just kind of think about what comes to mind when I say good social skills. Okay, so the things that came to my mind, and anything that came to your mind is relevant, but Maybe we have some in common. I I think of someone that, <clears throat> or the expectation that we know how to have small talk. So I work with plenty of people and I talk to plenty of people who, you know, don't consider themselves mainstream socializers and they're like, God, I just love having deep conversations and close relationships, but I'm so bad at that small talk. And it seems like there's that expectation to know, you know, how to talk about the weather or just like talk about sports or things like that. Um, so it's hard when, you know, those things don't come naturally to us. That's maybe a societal expectation. So we feel like, okay, that's something I lack. Another thing that comes to mind is being able to insert just the right amount of humor into a conversation. And so maybe that feels like a pressure. Another thing that comes to mind is, quote-unquote, knowing just what to say. So that's what I think of when I hear people leaving conversations and being like, oh, see, that conversation caught me off guard, or I didn't know how to answer that question, and so, you know, I just wasn't the best version of myself. Again, there's a pressure. And when I think of having, quote-unquote, good social skills in the eyes of whatever society, I think of not stuttering or messing up words or struggling with word retrieval, which I've told you guys (laughs) and you've witnessed firsthand is something that I struggle with every once in a while. I'll be like, what's that word that I'm thinking of? And you guys are not obviously there to answer me. And so I'll just sit there struggling for a while until I come up with a word that at least somewhat is what I'm thinking of. And then finally, the last thing that came to my mind was having a perceived confidence and not caring what people think about you. So plenty of us know that true confidence is not not caring what people think about us, but I don't know. I do feel like in some social settings, like maybe in business or in like the workforce, um, again, like having that small talk, inserting a little bit of humor into the way that you talk, having a perceived confidence, um, and not caring what people think about you, that is one way to socialize, but that is not what makes somebody a good friend or a good colleague or a good person. So that's something to keep in mind is like if you feel like you don't have some of these skills, you probably have other skills. I don't have all of these skills all the time. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's get into, all right, what do we do about our social anxiety, feeling like socially awkward? Um, I love this topic of conversation because I was a... At points of my childhood, I was really shy, I had a hard time making friends, and I've really worked on my social skills into adulthood, but I will definitely still catch myself feeling uncomfortable in certain situations, I will feel awkward, and these are the things that have worked for me, and... A lot of my clients say really help them on their journey to having more confidence in social situations, feeling more comfortable, and a lot of them may not be what you think they're going to (laughs) be. All right, number one, something to keep in mind and something that's really kind of helped me is not trying to come off like I don't care about people or their opinions of me. Honestly, once I started thinking about it, I don't know who or what gave me this message, but I was putting so much pressure on myself to not seem nervous. (laughs) And yet when I looked around me and took inventory of like, the people in my life that I feel are loving and nice and kind and safe, I was like, listen, these people I know can be a little bit socially awkward. Um, They can be a little bit nerdy sometimes. Uh, You know, it, it clearly shows that they care, you know, what I feel about them, things like that, but that's vulnerable, So that's why we might not be able to as easily apply that to ourselves, but I started to kind of like give myself that grace and say, listen, if I show up to an interaction with someone and it seems like I care about how the conversation's going and how the person is perceiving me and I am a little bit awkward or nerdy, chances are they're they find that endearing. Chances are they're like, oh, wow, that's pretty cool. She actually cares about this interaction. She cares about our friendship, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, hopefully that's helpful. (laughs) Number two, um, yeah, so another struggle that we can have is rather than focusing on the conversation and what's being said, And really listening and kind of thinking about what we want to say and how to convey it. Some of us instead start thinking about the meaning of the conversation, the importance of the conversation, kind of the bigger picture. And that's really overwhelming. An example I can give is when I was doing like job interviews, it's hard, it's really hard to focus on the conversation at hand when there's you know, that, that thought in your head of like, wow, this is a job interview. So when you catch yourself doing that, really try to actively push that from your mind and instead focus on what's being said. What is the other person across the table? um, Or, you know, if you're standing, I don't know. What are they trying to say and communicate? Um, There's nothing wrong with asking clarifying questions or asking them to repeat themselves if your mind did wander. But just, again, trying to, like, focus back in on the conversation instead of, oh, my gosh, you know, what does this mean and how important is this conversation all that stuff. Number three, um this this came up for me the other day don't worry so much about your mask coming off so let's say for example we are just getting to know someone and obviously when we want to put our best foot forward but if we're already putting so much pressure on ourselves to be uh to be like these social amazing socializers um not not putting so much pressure on ourselves. So, you know, every once in a while I stutter if I'm nervous or every once in a while I don't speak fast. I don't always know what I want to say. I don't, you know, so I pause or I say, um, (laughs) and I can catch myself feeling a little bit I don't know, maybe I'm self-conscious, maybe I don't know if I should be self-conscious of that. Um and and then I'm and then I just tell myself like, "Listen, if there's going to be a real relationship here with this person that I'm trying to get to know, the sooner they get to know the real me the better." You know? So if during our first interaction I am not quick-witted, I'm not having the best small talk, Uh, Maybe it takes me a while to get my point across. Maybe I ask them to repeat themselves because I wasn't paying attention. Things like that, right? Um, Not only am I being authentic, which is good for me, if uh, if the other person sees that I'm being imperfect, there is a chance that it will let their guard down too. Right. We talked. we've talked about before about like if one person is vulnerable, it kind of subliminally gives the other person permission to be vulnerable. So that's kind of what's going on here. Right. And so if I, if I am comfortable showing my imperfections, social, like my social imperfections, I guess you could say, or just who I am authentically, it doesn't even have to be about perfection or anything like that. Um, and I'm not all buttoned up and put together, it might give them permission to relax and be themselves as well. And I've certainly seen that play out in my life, in other people's lives. Number four, at the end of the day, we are all equals. We are all valuable in our own way, and we all have flaws. So it can be helpful to keep in mind it can be helpful to keep that in mind when we're having these interactions. Um, I haven't talked about this yet. I <laughs> one of the things that can be sort of hit or miss for me is big groups of people, um, especially if it's like a party or a gathering. Uh, walking into that room, if I don't know a ton of the people, and you know, there's maybe not a lot, of, not a lot going on, mostly small talk then I'm like, oh, oh gosh, <laughs> this isn't necessarily where I shine. Um, it really depends on my energy level. It depends on my mood, things like that. So in those such situations, I have done this and I'm going to continue to practice this, but just trying to see everybody in that room as equals. Nobody in that room is any better than me and no one in that room is any worse than me. And having that sort of humility can be really helpful to keep in mind when we are trying to just make it through that situation. (laughs) And last but not least, number five. So I'm sure there are things that you want to, I don't know, develop within your social repertoire, (laughs) whether it's. You know, maybe having a few more small talk kind of points that you have, (laughs) that you bring up when you first meet someone. Maybe it's, you know, relaxing a bit so that your humor can shine through. Um, Maybe it's just confidence. Maybe it's being more assertive. All of those things, I would recommend practicing those things first with safe people So maybe it's your best friends, maybe it's your partner, maybe it's your parents, maybe it's your siblings, maybe it's your dog. But first, practicing with those people uh, because there's less pressure and you can just kind of build up that, I don't know, that skill, right? And then slowly but surely, take those skills and you'll be able to use them in business settings in a job interview. Um, yeah. All right. So that's, that concludes the content of today's episode. I, I would love to hear from you. I would love, um, yeah, I, I, I'm always looking for ideas for content, um, for, what are they even called? See, I'm doing it again. I don't know, topics for these podcasts. Also, if you have ideas for interview people that I can interview, guests, I definitely have some ideas, but... (laughs) Yeah, um, I am on Instagram at samantha.j.kurt. My last name is spelled C-U-R-T. And I am very grateful that you made it through this episode and that I'm assuming some of you made it through maybe 30 episodes. That's pretty cool. Um, I know I did. I know I spoke for 30 times 20 minutes (laughs) at least. And yeah, so I'm grateful for this podcast. I'm grateful for you and proud of you for taking the time out of your day to do this self-reflection all right i'll catch you guys next time bye bye.